Welcome to the Root of Power podcast, where I teach you how to chase your joy, find alignment, and create a life and a business that you love using actionable methods, interviews, and inspiring stories from people who know that true freedom is found within. I'm your host, your always hype woman and sometimes ass kicker, Amanda Chills, and I am so proud of you for choosing to step into your power. Come along, we've got dreams to build. Okay, my love, I have put everything that I offer for free on one page so that we are not doing more work than we have to because why would we do that? Hashtag work smarter, not harder. So livemyhappyhealth.com slash free. You are going to find everything I've created for not only leveling up in your personal life and building a life that you love, but leveling up in your business life and building a business that you love. Okay livemyhappyhealth.com slash free. Love you. Okay. Hello. Hello. Root of power fam. We have got Elizabeth Kip with us this morning or afternoon, whenever you're listening, coming from Kansas, apparently in the middle of the continental U.S. So that's kind of a fun thing. She is a stress management and chronic pain specialist. She is trauma trained and yoga informed addiction recovery coach ancestral clearing practitioner, which I am very interested to hear about, a yoga and meditation teacher, and an international best-selling author, okay, hello, we love this, of The Way Through Chronic Pain, Tools to Reclaim Your Healing Power. You do a lot. (laughs) Welcome. (laughs) Thank you so much, Amanda. It's great to be here. Yeah, Yeah, all those things that, that that you listed, they're all under the umbrella of of, of the chronic pain stress management mm-hmm. piece, because for me, I needed to bring a holistic approach. Yeah, I needed to bring you know all these different perspectives so to to the game. <clears throat> so well, that's, that's yeah, and that's where I think a lot of Western focused medicine gets wrong is they just focus on the body or they just focus on the mind. So as a therapist by trade, like Mm -hmm. a lot of therapists run into this problem as well, where they only do talk therapy and then don't bring any somatic work in. They don't work through the nervous system. They don't work through embodiment. Like, Mm -hmm. and so we forget, well, the West forgets that bind my bind and body. Okay. Mind and body (laughs) are the same. They're two sides of the same coin. If you, you can't go through one without going through the other, but we separate them. Mm. we not like holistic practitioners, mm-hmm. but like Western medicine and talk therapy, if you're not doing any somatic work tends to separate them. And I'm, I'm sure you've seen, cause you've been in this field for so, for so long, like the problems that that causes. I agree. And the thing I would, I would add, I would take that one step further mm-hmm. and say, you can't separate mind, body, and spirit. Mm-hmm. So when we, Fair. when we leave that piece out, um, that would keep the model incomplete. And yeah. the way I, the way I kind of really saw this in a grounded way, was when I was, um, I was di- I was. Uh, they gave me a prognosis. Mm-hmm. Uh, doctor, a bunch of doctors, but this first one <laughs> said, uh, "You will be in level seven out of ten pain for the rest of your life, and you will be uh, in a wheelchair when you're 40. Wow. And I was like devastated by that. And I had this science background. Yeah. And I, and I, I was very vulnerable at that moment. And I, but I knew inside of me knew there's like, what's something's not right here. Yeah. And 
I realized that he had made an error mm-hmm. in his uh, pronouncements because science is is about probabilities, right? Not, not facts. It's yeah. probable that, right? So he didn't leave any room for hope, and that's mm. that's a that's a problem, right? And yeah, that's, it, it's a mistake. I feel, and um, and he also forgot the limitation of the scientific framework. It, mm-hmm. it, science can only comment on what it can measure, observe, and describe. What it can observe, measure, and describe. Yeah. It can't comment on anything outside of that framework. Yeah. So it doesn't address anything outside of that framework, and Western medicine sits in that model. Right. But where do we heal? We live and heal in the all that is, right. the seen and the unseen. And so we need to bring in the unseen as a piece of that. And that was my saving grace was knowing, oh, he's got a limited viewpoint. His perspective is just this scientific paradigms change. You know, we never knew what plate tectonics were Mm -hmm. a long time ago. Right. Uh, I mean, we've, we've learned so many things. We went Mm -hmm. from Newtonian physics into quantum physics, you know, things change. So, um, we 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 have to be careful of where we're limiting ourselves and and uh, and where we're referencing our our healing from. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because when people, I work with a lot of people who uh, treat doctors as gospel. Now, that's not to say doctors don't have specialized training, right? Like they go to medical school, they have more knowledge in medicine than I do, because. I didn't go to med school for 10 years. Absolutely. But treating what they, just like working with a therapist or working with a coach or working with anyone in that capacity, like what they say is not gospel. It may apply, just like you're saying, it applies to a certain degree, but that doesn't mean that it's 100% fact. There's no room for error. There's no room for personal application. There's no room for um, like outliers, So I can imagine hearing that news was very devastating. And I can imagine that the prognosis was, well, we just have to manage this with pain meds for the rest of your life. There's no healing. There's no getting better. Mm -hmm. There's there's nothing you can do Mm -hmm. except manage and cope with it and resign yourself to a life of pain. But that's not gospel. Well, and 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 exactly. And here's the thing that's interesting about that position, which is what Mm -hmm. they took. Yeah. They're assuming I won't heal. Right. Right. They're making the assumption that healing is not possible. Right. And that's a faulty assumption. That's more a reflection of the limitation in their model that mm-hmm. they're operating in rather than the actual possibility of healing. Yeah. And healing body. being defined as like any improvement, right? Not every diagnosis is 100% curable, but that doesn't mean that we can't make improvements. Mm -hmm. So then we get into, so I worked at a methadone clinic for a couple of years. Oh, there you go. For people that don't know methadone, it is an opiate addiction treatment. So people who are addicted to opiates, who are addicted to pills, to heroin, um, methadone helps them come off, suboxone, same thing. So Before I went into that, I thought what most other people thought, which was that people started with um, pills and they would go to heroin, but that the pills were voluntary, right? And what I discovered through working in a methadone clinic is the vast majority, the vast majority of people who eventually became addicted to heroin, who eventually became addicted to 
prescription narcotics started by doctor prescriptions. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Started by doctors who said, you're always going to have chronic pain. The best we can do is manage it. What I'm going to do is give you opiates, which are not even intended for long-term chronic pain. Exactly. Not even intended for long-term chronic pain. They're intended for very, very short term. And I'm explaining this for the listeners. I, I know yeah. that you know. Um, mm-hmm. They're not intended for chronic pain because they're extremely addicting. Well, they're also it, not effective at healing chronic pain. <laughs> that that would right. be the second they're, reason. <laughs> they're very effective short-term. They're very ineffective long-term. We get addicted mm-hmm. to them very quickly. Mm-hmm. And so then it ties into, right, what we're talking about really ties into this opiate epidemic that we've seen where now we've got so many people addicted to prescription pain meds and and adjusting onto heroin because it's cheaper and it's more readily available. And so much of that stems from limitations in Western knowledge about chronic pain and healing Mm -hmm. and improvements and not integrating mind and body Mm -hmm. and spirit and just resigning people to a lifetime of pain, which is horrible. Yes. And just while we're at this space, I'm going to bring in the definition of chronic pain for everybody. Chronic pain is any pain, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, financial. Any pain that's felt 15 days out of 30 for three months or more. Yeah. The brain can't tell the difference between a broken bone and a broken heart. It all sends the same Mm -hmm. signal. It hurts to the brain. And why is that important? Because the brain is changed by Mm -hmm. The chronic pain experience it yeah. gets there's a lot of confusion in the brain uh anyone who's listening who's a chronic pain sufferer and a quarter of us are so across all socioeconomic measures that those are numbers pre-covid so who knows what they are now right Higher. <laughs> so you get uh yeah you get a brain fog and confusion and you get a pronounced much more pronounced negative mm-hmm. uh, because the emotional center is very uh, affected very negative spin so it's either everybody's wrong or I'm wrong yeah. or both of us are wrong. Or something like, is wrong and it's everything. You know, it's, yeah, it's it's a yeah. very it's a very scary place to live. Yeah, so it has a lot of I don't think, help with any of that, by the way. Right. And I think it has a much bigger impact than people realize because as someone who suffered chronic pain and as someone who works with people with chronic pain it's it's very slow. Like you don't notice how deep you're in. Does that make sense? Like the changes that happen can be very slow. So because they are that slow, they become your normal. So at times you don't even realize how big of an impact you've had until you heal it. And then you're like, oh my God, I've been living with that for this long. And it's, I wonder if that's something that you see in the clients you work with. Well, Actually, what I see is very interesting. You say that because it's it's you're kind of bringing the metaphor of uh, in of of the um, the frog that's you put the frog in the water and then you heat it up slowly mm. and it doesn't yeah. it doesn't jump out right and kind yeah. of thing. I, I don't. I wouldn't say chronic pain is is quite like that. I, I think we know we're in it. Um, my my thing was I'm denying it because <laughs> it was just too you know. So that yeah. was so this there's a whole. There's a whole psychological, as a therapist, you know this, there's a whole psychological profile that goes with that, that negativity and the trauma, unresolved Mm -hmm. trauma in the system. And I'm so disconnected and, and then I disconnect from myself and I'm not even in this present moment. We don't even know how bad it is because we're not even here. Right. (laughs) Right. There's, 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 there's kind of that. 
the other thing that I see and I, I, um, I really struggled uh, to kind of hold on to was uh, uh, we get into the space of hopelessness because it just, we yeah. can't see past our own. Um, it's just, it, it, we get so used to kind of being in that for me, I, I got so used to so many people I talked to that have had this, I got kind of, okay, this is where I am. And mm -hmm. so it was scary to try something different because everything I tried before didn't work. And, yeah. if I, and if I try something different, it might get worse. Right? Yeah. So yeah. that, again, the mind in this negative, uh, catastrophic kind of thinking is part of Protective. what we do. Oh, I absolutely. mean, I get the we're thought so, process. Yes, absolutely. We're, we, we, we can't connect when we're protected. Right. So it, it makes it a very, a very, um, this hopelessness is, is a, is a very, um, it's consuming, very difficult, uh, very, very difficult space and it, it of course it's the lie of chronic pain right there are all these lies that chronic pain tells us but the thing is chronic pain and remember it's physical emotional spiritual doesn't matter um chronic pain tries to steal it's our attention away from everything but it mm -hmm. but itself right and yeah it's, and it's very effective at that so it's yeah it's, it's like depression very, in that way yeah and depression's a chronic pain experience yeah yeah did you start with meditation or did you start, like, how did you come into your healing? Was it through meditation? Was it through yoga? Was it both? Was it oh, through ancestral well, work? How did you? Yeah, I, well, I, I actually was a meditator already. I started meditating back in the mid 1970s. And I feel like that was one of the things that kept me uh, kind of holding on because mm -hmm. I had that, I had that, I had that peace. But um, I was still affected, <laughs> right? Just yeah. like a normal anybody would be. Um, I went to I went to into a pain management program, and um, of this guy named Dr. Peter Prescott. He wrote a book, Conquer, Conquer Chronic Pain: An Innovative Mind Body Approach. He passed away uh, back in 2016, but he left this book, yeah. which is a beautiful. Uh, book. It's a companion to my book. I, I really wrote my, he wrote his book and then I wrote my book, The yeah. Way Through Chronic Pain Tools to Reclaim Your Healing Power as a kind of patient manual because he's the doctor. So it's yeah. doctor researchery and mine's kind of the user's manual. So anyway, I love that. so uh, I went into his pain management program and he did a couple things. He, first he detoxed me off of all that medication I was on, including 15 years of fentanyl, by the way. Wow. And, uh, and I was on a, a benzodiazepines like, uh, and, and, and Ativan, Xanax, your listeners will know that drug, Clonopin, yeah. they're all benzos. Wow. I was on that. I was on those for a long time too. So uh, it, it was hard. It, it was tricky getting the opiates was tricky. We used Suboxone for about yeah. five days after we, we tapered with Thank God for Suboxone and Methadone. Uh, yeah. Well, really? well, we didn't use Methadone, but we had actually people in that. We had people in the program that were coming off methadone. Yeah. <laughs> that was part of the work that he did. Was yeah. And they'll typically, yeah, they'll typically do that as well. But thank God for those drugs, yeah. man. Yeah. So the Suboxone was a blessing. Um, and I wasn't on it for very long. It mm. was getting off the benzos that was the hard part. I mean, I shook yeah. for a month. Uh, they just, they just, yeah. it really fried my nervous system and my sleep cycle. And it was just yeah. very difficult. And people don't um, realize benzos too are not contraindicated. Like, well, sorry, they are contraindicated for long-term use. Yes. Like I have a lot of clients yes. 
that come in that are prescribed Xanax daily. And I'm like, what the fuck mm-hmm. is your doctor doing? Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 The like, research is like, and they're like, I take three a day. And I'm like, fuck no. <laughs> what are yeah. You yeah. But they, they don't know. Yeah. They, that, 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 that benzo will turn around and, and, and k- k- bite you in the butt. Oh my God. It's so and, and give you And give you what you took it for. As mm-hmm. I ended up taking it for the anxiety that I had around all the pain. And right. it ended up giving me panic attacks. I mean, yeah. it, up, it didn't just give me anxiety. It up leveled the anxiety yeah. that I had. So I just like, wow, a super dangerous drug. So Western yeah. medicine really failed you. Uh, well, it, it did. And, but I want to go back to your original question, which was yes. what, what, where did he, where did he start? First he started, he started with detoxing me, which he knew how to do. Thank God. And yeah. because my prescribing doctor didn't, didn't, he didn't know how to get, he didn't know the exit plan. He had an entry plan, but he didn't have an exit plan. And I always say to people, anybody's going to put you on an opiate or a benzo, ask yeah. them what the exit plan is first. Right. Yeah, they have their place. They just need to be very carefully managed. So that you have a full plan. You don't have just an entrance, right? So he brought in uh, Qigong was the first. We cleared my system. And then he brought in a very beautiful, simple Qigong, uh, which is um, uh, an Eastern. uh, It's not really a martial art. It's more of an energy uh, system. Energy movement practice. It's kind of like Tai Chi, but its own version of it. And uh, Tai Chi Chuang, um, uh, he brought that in and then he brought in meditation, which I already knew, but he, you know, brought it in as a, as a, we got to do this 20 minutes twice a day, period kind of thing. And, um, and, uh, and of course I brought in the yoga piece and then we also worked, then he also had ancestral clearing. He had John Newton in his, it was was my ancestral clearing teacher. He had him as a wellness consultant in his program and, I was I was introduced to ancestral clearing there, and I I I, I knew that I had that I, I knew that I carried a burden from my family, but mm-hmm. it wasn't a topic. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. like it wasn't like we talked about it ever. I just knew I carried it. I didn't know what to do with it. I just knew I felt it. But uh, but ancestral clearing helps you helps you release the burden of that. Yeah, and that was really quite remarkable. So that uh-huh. that was a very important modality. And when I was so impressed with that, you know, with this science background I have, I was like, what is this? And, and, yeah. and, and it's so what effective. Is it and I, it was so effective. And I was like, we got to study this, you know, yeah. and, and, and uh, do you teach this? Because it is a repeat, you know, because I, I know the first experience I had of it, it was so powerful. I was like, can he repeat this? Like, was that just a fluke? You know? <laughs> I was, I had my total science hat on. It was so funny. Um, and I went on to learn it. I took the first training I could find uh, that he wow. offered after after I got out of treatment because it was so powerful. And uh, anyway, so then, yes, it is repeatable. So, um, and I, that's why I became a practitioner of it because it was yeah. so, so powerful. So part of the burden that we carry, part of the pressure of the pain, um, of chronic pain, uh, can be this burden that we carry from the lineage. You know, now, are we talking intergenerational trauma? Yeah, we're talking intergenerational, okay. unresolved intergenerational yeah. trauma. Yeah. Can you explain Science. what that is for people that don't know? Yeah, so I, I try to put this in super simple terms because, you know, I could get into genetics and epigenetics and people kind of don't know what that is. But information gets passed down from one generation to the next through this thing called DNA, right? Right. And, and, uh, and, 
and I'll give you kind of a, a um, I'll give you a couple of examples from the female line. So the egg that was me was in my mom, obviously, but yeah. when her grandmother was pregnant with her, with my mom, at the four month marker, that my egg was in her at that point. So when we're four months old, if we're females, the eggs for the next generation are already in us. Wow. So I'm sharing space with my mom and my grandma at that point. Yeah. Right. That's interesting to me. Fascinating. So from the quantum physics, it's not Newtonian. This is from a quantum physics point of view. This is we're experiencing the energetic field of our mother and our grandmother. Mm -hmm. Right. So now take it one step further. And my grandmother was in her grandmother. So yeah. it goes, it works and her grandmother was in her grandmother. So you see the line of yeah. energetically, you see the line and how that can get passed down. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. The other piece about the female line is that there's an organelle in every cell in the human body called a mitochondria. And it's the little organelle that's the, the powerhouse engine. of the cell. Yes. It's the <laughs> engine for the cell. It's like this, this is where, you know, it's very important. And, 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 and that mitochondria all comes through the mother. All mitochondria is maternal. So men, the mitochondria that men have is from their mother. I did not and know that. It's so interesting. Like I studied evolutionary biology and, and one of the things I learned some years ago was they looked at the mitochondrial DNA and the diversity within that. Mm -hmm. And they then they discovered that there must have been a bottleneck in the human race at some point because the, uh, the 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 variation of maternal DNA was so small relative wow. to you know what it kind of they thought it should be that they thought uh oh there must have been a real a real um you know we we we, we kind of almost went extinct <laughs> kind of thing bananas. I know and so there's there's, it's not just maternal, but there's not very many different kinds. Huh. And, uh, and, and maybe over the years it's changed, but it, you know, that was a study that was maybe, what year are we in? That was maybe in the 1990s. I might've read about that ish. Yeah. So, so anyway, so, so the, so the influence of the mother. Yeah. I'm not just saying, I'm not saying that fathers don't have influence. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that if we look at, at the ancestral piece Mm -hmm. You can see it real clearly in the mom. Wow. Right. You can see it real clearly in the mom. And it's not just, it's not just humans and mammals. It's, it's insects, which came before us. If you look wow. at the monarch butterfly, every fifth generation, it uh, migrates. And how does it know how to do that? It doesn't go to school. <laughs> it's like, this is the epigenetic part. So the information is yeah. passed through the gene. The epigenetics is, 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 is expressed through environment. Yeah. And so the monarchs, you know, lay their eggs up here and even north of us and all around the United States. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then when fall comes and the light changes and the temperatures change, mostly it's light driven or dark driven, how many hours of darkness we have, the, the gene gets turned on by that environment and boom, they go yeah. back to where they came from. That's I information. Know. Yeah, it's past information. It's every fifth yeah. generation. So that, that information gets passed down. 
It just doesn't get yeah. activated until the light, until the environment is, is just so. I read that specifically with monarch butterflies. Um, they would migrate over a certain lake. Don't ask me which lake it was, but they oh. would move as if there was an obstacle there because millennia ago, there was a mountain there. Wow. And they remember that there was, a, but there's no mountain now, but they remember that there was a mountain there. Like it even passes down and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of these intergenerational trauma studies have been done with Holocaust survivors Oh yeah, mm -hmm. and their, their um, mm -hmm. offspring. So the research shows this. So you got into, so what does it look like? So oh, like we yeah. do, so like therapy does intergenerational trauma healing because we're healing mm -hmm. mother wounds. We're healing, yes. you know, pain that you're carrying. But I imagine, I, what does yours look like? What does it do? Well, it has, it's a very specific process. It's actually trademarked and registered by John Newton of Health yeah, Beyond Belief. He's, he's the only one that teaches it. There's, there's a bunch of different people that are in this ancestral clear, healing space. Yeah. John's is ancestral clearing. And mm -hmm. it's, it's a very interesting process. Um, we actually rely on source energy, the field of consciousness, Ooh. that energy there. We ask, we actually ask that to come in and act on our behalf. So that's a little different than therapy. We're actually yeah. asking. So it's not like, it's not like I know how to heal this stuff. Yeah. I'm just actually a, a kind of like a, you're like a channel. Well, yeah, I'm not even sure I like to use that, but I'm, 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 I'm kind of hoping to focus the energy hmm. between the, the the field of consciousness and the client okay I and mean, i'm kind of an interpreter right that makes I, sense yeah and we we bring in we bring in so we call in that energy we ask and then we we uh, we're bringing the thing we want to offer up we're offering up the burden that okay. we're that we're carrying and we call that forgiveness we call that forgive so we're forgive means offer up we're not asking okay. it to forgive us. We're asking it to help us. We're offering up, we're asking yeah. it to help us release what we're carrying. It's okay. a little different. And then we bring in gratitude and humility. How long does this process take? Well, it can take a minute or it can take, you know, I do 50 minute sessions, but one little wow. piece of it can take a minute and I can show it to you right now. I can show you just a little piece and then the yeah. reap. You, you'll feel it on the, on the, um, in the live because we're live, but the listeners and the replay, it's just as powerful on the replay because we do this all the time. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So yeah. Let me just, uh, so I want everybody listening to just, uh, just sit quietly, just notice the sensation that you're feeling in the body, whatever it is, and, um, just breathe normally and, and listen to these words. Okay. Uh, we'll call the, the source, uh, this, Creative consciousness, uh, we'll just call it infinite creator. Infinite so creator, excited. all that you are, source of all that is, was, and never will be. We ask humbly and gratefully that you help everyone listening to this and all of their relationships, all their ancestors and all of their relationships through all relevant time, space, dimension, realms, lifetimes, and incarnations. For all the times they felt let down by life, by family members, by relationships, by anyone representing the creator, for any time they felt let down by the creator in any name or form. For any time they turned their back on the creator or believed the creator turned their back on them. Please help them all forgive each other and forgive themselves. Be at peace with one another and at peace with themselves, please and thank you. For all the times you weren't nurtured, loved, supported, and cherished, please help all of you to forgive each other and forgive yourselves. 
for the times you didn't nurture, love, and support others in the ways they needed, for any times you were out of integrity with one another or another out of integrity with you. Please help all of you to forgive and release each other. Forgive and release yourselves. Please and thank you for the highest good. Please and thank you. For any time anyone withheld love, any time you were coerced or trapped another, any time any of any of this, any of you did this to others, please help all of you to forgive each other, forgive yourselves, find peace with one another, find peace with yourselves, please and thank you. And for any time you believed, felt, or were shown you weren't enough, for the times you tried to earn or learn your way into the value of your family, your relationships, or into the grace and love of the Creator, for all that led up to this and all you made it mean. Please help all of you to forgive each other, help you all forgive yourselves, be at peace with one another and at peace with yourselves. For the highest good, please lift out all weight, pain, burden, sin, death, debt, negativity, limitations, spells, hexes, curses, white magic, black magic, real or imagined. Lift all of us into your heavens, transform it into your love, and let it flow back into you, all of you, down forever. Please and thank you, please and thank you. Now take a breath in and let it out. And how does that feel in the body? Just notice. That's bananas. <laughs> what? I like that it's all, it's like very encompassing. We love that. And specific. We love yes. to get specific with spirit. Yeah. Wow. So, isn't it interesting how, how I know that the first time that I experienced this, the first thing John said was for all the bullies in your life. Yeah. And I was in such denial about my experience. That was my habit that it never, mm. I never even named that as a thing. Wow. But when he did, all of a sudden, it's the like, younger parts of me got validated and they were like, oh, wow. yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I just felt this huge. I just felt this huge release just from just from being seen and heard at that level. Yeah. You know? It's crazy how language can unlock parts of yourself that like you don't even realize mm. you've locked. Exactly. And someone says the right thing and you're just like, oh shit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, those are coming up. That's yeah. ooh. Yeah. How lovely. Do people work with you typically more than once? Is it just oh, like yeah. a, a one and done? They tend to, to we, come back. We, we work, we, we do all of it. I mean, people come to me for, for, for one time and, and then, mm -hmm. but I have people that come to me uh, once a week, once every two weeks, once a month, you know, kind of whatever, whatever it is. It depends on kind of what the, what, what they're, what they're dealing with. Sure. You know, it depends on what they're dealing with, you know, in the chronic pain space, especially in recovery, um, mm -hmm. coming, coming off of say benzos, I have somebody I work with, um, those people, you know, you can imagine the anxiety in the system, the nervousness yeah. Th that I don't just do ancestral clearing for them. I do help with the vagus nerve and help, them, you know, help mm -hmm. them to re-regulate that and find some, find some, um, kind of clear the dis dysregulation, the dysfunction in the nervous system. I help them do that. Yeah. That's what, that's where the yoga piece comes in and the pranayama, oh, the breath work, all that. Yeah. And you know, another thing that's, that's very helpful, just in the other pieces, we, we heal in this space in relationship, whatever the trauma, yes. yeah, whatever the trauma was that mm -hmm. happened in a, in a, in a relationship where there was a rupture. Yep. 
And so we heal in a, in a space where we, we're in a safe relationship. Yeah. Right. And you know that as a therapist, we have to, that's the thing. Yeah. So, so this is another reason why ancestral clearing is so helpful. Um, because it, it, relationships. It, 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 it's, it's a, you're having a, you're, you're, you're talking about, you're in relationship with the practitioner, mm-hmm. right? So they try, you know, providing a safe space for you. Yeah. And they're validating, bing, 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 all these experiences you, not just you had, but your ancestors had. Yeah. And so there's this, there's this letting, there's just a release and release, release that happens. <laughs> so it's, it's a sweet. Wild. And I teach trauma informed yoga um, once a week online, uh, kind of the, the public. And then I'm also a, a, a betrayal coach on Debbie, Dr. Debbie Silver's platform, the post betrayal uh, Institute, post betrayal transformation Institute. You know, Brene Brown is the, is the, um, kind of the queen of the vulnerability mm-hmm. space. Yeah. Debbie, Debbie Silver is the, is the queen of, 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 of betrayal, uh, clearing betrayal. And so, so I, I'm the yoga, I do the trauma informed yoga in that That's space. That's so cool. Yeah. It's kind of cool. So that, 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 the, the stuff that works to kind of dysregulate the nervous system is it obviously works in the, in the betrayal experience. Because right. That's right. another chronic pain experience. Right. So I find that like trauma is always individualized, but yes. how the body responds to trauma <laughs> is very, uh, thematic, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like, yeah. The body responds to trauma in very, very, why is my brain not working? Not precise, predictable. Yes. The body responds to trauma in very predictable ways, even though all of our trauma, no one, no one is alike the other, Mm. but the way that our body responds is so predictable, is so similar. And so I think one of the really lovely things about like people, more and more and more people becoming trauma informed. Mm. One is we're traumatizing less people, which thank yes. God. Yes. Because a lot of, I think, quote unquote, healing modalities in the past have been extremely re-traumatizing and invalidating. They can be. No, thank you. But the more that people become trauma informed, I think the more that we also see like my brain works in pictures and in themes. So like whenever I work with a client, it's like there, it's like there's a rainbow above their head and every color is a theme and it doesn't matter what they come with. It's going to hit one of those themes. So my brain just perks up when we like hit a theme and I'm like, Oh, okay. I've taught on this many times. I can teach on this as well. And then they apply. And And I imagine that like the work that you do is fairly similar. Like it doesn't matter what you've gone through. It fits into these nice kind of like colors to keep the rainbow analogy. Mm -hmm. And then we're just healing that theme. And it's like, because the brain is also a spider web. Once we heal one, Mm -hmm. it's connected to so many other things. So like you heal this and then it like shoots out and it heals all these other things as well that had a similar theme. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's why, I can bring in, um, I can bring in a, a very kind of like I did a class last week on um, uh, they called it fighting brain fatigue. I, I would I would be I would be I, I'm not sure the word fight is really the the right yeah. word for that, but that was the name. Um, and uh, and what was sweet about it was that my even Debbie even Debbie Silver was like, mm-hmm. oh, I want to take that course, and I'm like, yeah. 
but it's also yeah. good in the trauma space because of the because of the techniques we were using. There was yeah. no breath holding. We don't hold we don't hold the breath in the in a trauma informed space because that mimics you know like a freak out response right we, yeah. don't, we don't do that but it, all the things in the in that particular uh kriya uh, a set of actions for a specific outcome in this case uh, dealing with brain the brain uh mm. it all fit into the trauma informed space and it, it's it's just a, it's, a, it's a regular kriya in the kundalini yoga space but it was i was like oh this is perfect for these guys yeah <laughs> kind of thing so it's um it's kind of like all all the trauma informed yoga that I do helps everybody, mm-hmm. but it's it's a, we want people that have this unresolved trauma in their system to come in to classes like this because it's a gentle way to release yeah. the issues out of the tissues to quote Bessel van der Kolk. Oh my god, I love that! Release the issues out of the tissues. Yeah. Well, we want to do it gently. We don't want to like have a big you know explosion right. kind of thing because ah you know we don't want to do right. that. We want to do it in this especially. Especially if you're not working with a practitioner who knows what they're doing. So I run into a lot of clients who have worked with, I don't run into a lot of clients who've worked with a coach actually, but a lot of clients who've worked with a therapist previously who, (laughs) the therapist didn't know what they were doing. Like they weren't trauma informed. They weren't education based and you know, people who tend to hire coaches will tend to work with more than one. And I wonder if that's something because the coaching space has a lot of grifters, right? The coaching space has a lot of people who make a lot of money selling something that isn't sustainable. And I wonder if that's something that you've seen as well is where people will come and they will have had maybe more than one coach and they have dealt with coaches who like either weren't properly trained or like just didn't know what they were doing. It's kind of like a missing piece. It's kind of like they're missing a piece of the puzzle. They're trying yeah. to put a puzzle together, but they're missing a piece because they don't have the education. And mm-hmm. I actually had a comment um, from a, one of my clients is a therapist. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Elizabeth, I mean, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I'm, I'm kind of speaking to your, okay. to your, to your, to your, uh, to your question. Um she was like, because I, I make it very clear, I'm not a therapist. I don't have that uh yeah. I don't have that label, you know, I don't have that degree. And she was like, you know, you're doing more than any of my therapists did, right? And she's a therapist herself, so you know, we, yeah. we can't see our own stuff. But she was it was and I bring in ancestor clearing, but I'm also because I also do Dr. Gabor Mate's a compassionate inquiry. Uh, method, which is a very sweet, uh, very gentle. We're not going for an outcome. We're just exploring what's yeah. happening in this space. And can we give it some space, whatever this thing is, can we give it some space to just be what it is? Yeah. Right. Can we just chill out and not go for anything? Can we just be right? Yes. And, and yeah. that blending that with, with ancestral clearing and just kind of understanding kind of trauma, kind of coaching generally. Yeah, man, you know, people are like, they get heard, you you catch yeah. the nuances and, and, mm-hmm. um, and they and they're able to get to a deeper level. Yeah. And I find, I find that people always know, like, I've never given client answers, and I don't need to, because they always know my job oh, is to help right. them get to the answer, Open which they the door. already know. Yeah, they just are cut off from. 
Yeah, you're just turning turning the light on that they 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 think it's dark in there, and you're just yeah. like, yeah, there's some light over here. Take a look yeah. over here, you know. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> I love the curiosity space. I think it's so much more empowering than saying, "Here's what's wrong with you, and here's how to fix it." Like, it doesn't oh, teach them anything. Yeah, that's not really, you know, the Socratic method of asking questions and having the having the the client answer them and come up with their own answers. That's so powerful. Mm-hmm right because yeah because we always know we're pointing we're pointing them right back to themselves yeah right and and so they come to us as a victim and we turn around and we give them empowerment and man you know preach we (laughs) we love so how is it building have you always been online are you a blend of online in person like how did you build your were you working for someone else before you went into coaching like what was kind of your journey into entrepreneurship uh, you know, as soon as I got out of Dr. Peter's uh, treatment, uh, uh, and I, and I, I, this is what happened. I'll tell you, I went to Peter's, Dr. Peter's pain track every afternoon, and this is a treatment center. And there were 20 of us that went to pain track. There's a hundred people, hundred, a uh, hundred, uh, patients on campus. There's 400 staff for every hundred, for the hundred people, which is amazing. Wow. Right. Wow. And then. Uh, 20 of us went to pain track and the other 80 went to relapse school. So I never got to go to relapse school. And I was like, I went to my counselor and went, well, you know, I'm like, I'm missing out on this. What do I do about that? (laughs) She looks at me and she said, there's an 80% relapse rate in the first year, meaning everybody, you know, that's addicted to whatever they're addicted, they go back to using uh, within a year, 80%. And I looked at her and I was like, in my head, I was like, I- I'm doomed because those odds right. are against really me, high. right? And the second thing, because I started out as a social scientist, the second thing that went in my through my head was, what's wrong with this model? <laughs> you know, there's something wrong with this right? model if we've got a relapse rate at that level. Right. So I made a commitment in that moment to do something, uh, you know, to move the needle on that mm-hmm. relapse rate back, right? Yeah. So that we can improve it. And that's when I, so I came right out of treatment and went, you know, went right into building my platform online and teaching this, this, the, the things that I had learned. Um, what were you doing before? Well, I was in chronic, well, I was actually an editor for my son at the Daily Love. He run, ran this thing called the Daily Love. It was an online uh, platform, cool. um, a Twitter account for but it's a website, a Twitter account for years. I was, I, 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 I was, I was the, the editor on that site. He had four bloggers every day plus himself. So it was a fair amount of work. That's cool. And I, and I had been um, back in the, um, before I went into all this surgery and all this chaos started, mm-hmm. I had been a remote sensing specialist and had been a plant biologist. And I had, I was uh, working on a NASA grant as a, as a, the plant biologist for this, the Landsat satellite um, program. And, and I was, so I was in environmental studies and doing uh, that kind of stuff. And this, yeah. and my back became very unstable and I needed all this surgery. And, and, uh, yeah. and that, then I was, uh, it really took me, it took me right out of everything, took me out of my career for 32 years. Wow. And so I started a completely new career and I was just like, this is totally my path. You know, this is yeah. Because I know when I, when I ended up like having to say, Oh, I, my career has been decked. I was like, well, now what am I going to do? Well, I didn't have an idea at the time that the universe had pointed me to a different direction. (laughs) I was just going to say that it's funny how everything has its place that we go through. I know. Yeah. I know. 
So I just, um, so I, I got online. I, I teach I, since COVID I'm a hundred percent online. Um, but I do, uh, I, I did live work around life workshops uh, around the Kansas city area. I've done yeah. some stuff internationally uh, across the country, oh. but uh, mostly it, it's in this area. And now I've, since, since COVID hit, I've been a hundred percent online, which is fine. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be there. Um, but I am eager to get back to people, you know, to actually body to body. <laughs> is that, is that your plan in the future to go back to like body to body and doing workshops and things? Well, like both. That? Yeah. I, 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 I'll tell you that there's a big difference between, um, working with bodies in the room, you know, teaching a yeah. yoga class, I can shift the class depending on who's in the room and what I'm feeling. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I'm, and I'm, I'm pretty good at doing kind of, um, I just, the, the, the zoom space, I have, um, it's just different. I don't have the body to body yeah. feedback. And so it's a very different space. I was, I noticed that so greatly. I taught a, a yoga, a trauma informed yoga class for everybody, teachers, yoga mm-hmm. teachers, and everybody, uh, about, it was about 50 people, real, about May into that May into the 2020, into the pandemic. And it was all on zoom around the world as people came from all over and you know what i realized in that it was a very humbling time because i couldn't track everybody in the room yeah i couldn't i couldn't and i and i was like you know it's like i can't feel people and it was it was really humbling and i thought okay i'm gonna have to do something to change me to navigate this zoom space better because i can't feel it so i went into a very deep um six months a yoga teacher training uh, much deeper than I had been before and did, did this yoga teacher training six hours a day for six months just to increase my own sensitivity to, to my own sense of the subtle uh, in this space. And it was a great experience and it kept me sane throughout the, throughout the the, the pandemic, but I don't feel like I got that much better on zoom. Maybe you're still loading. I still find it challenging. So it's just, I I just have a difficulty. I I can't feel. I can't. Well, I think, yeah, I think transcending that distance is very different. Yeah. It's hard. So that's been an interesting challenge, but uh, I'm eager to get back to, and I'm a, I play the gong. So that, that's a, it's kind of hard to do that on zoom without a lot of sound stuff that I don't have. And I and I I miss bringing that experience to my students. I really yeah. miss that. So that's anyway. Cool. <laughs> hmm. So how do people find you? Oh, you can just go to my website, elizabeth-kip.com. You have to put the hyphen in there because elizabeth-kip.com is a web designer and a photographer, and she's amazing, but she's not me. So it's <laughs> elizabeth-kip k-i-p-p two p's like Peter Pan.com. Uh, there's lots of you, you know, I'm all over social media and you can book a session with me there. But there's also a lot of, um, I, I do a lot of writing. So there's a lot of free information on the blog. Since there's a bunch of ancestral clearing, there's a whole section of ancestral clearing prayers. There's lots and lots of free information. And you can sign up for my newsletter, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. I'm and e- you have easy a to find. Channel. I do. Yeah, I do. Wow. So I just, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm kind of all over. Um, I love doing, I love the opportunity of doing podcasts because I get to, I get to share with your audience and yeah. I get to share your audience with mine. And, and that's they're exciting. so fun. Like I, 
I love podcasting. I think it's one of the funniest decisions I've made for the business. Awesome. We love it. So if, if people forget everything we talked about yeah. and they just remember this one thing that you're going to tell them, what would that thing be? The greatest healer in your life lives inside of you. Damn. Okay. Yeah. It's not the doctor. It's not the therapist. I give 20% of the responsibility for my healing. I give to the entire wellness community. Yeah. Right. The other 80% is between me and the field of consciousness, the God energy, the infinite creator. That's, that's the way I break it down. And doctors give me uh, and therapists and all that. They give me orders. They give me mm -hmm. suggestions. Do they go home and do this, do this, do this. I go home and I do those things provided they actually work, you know, in my, my body, they actually feel like, oh, this is good advice. No, I shouldn't be eating wheat, you know, or whatever, yeah. you know, I'm not, it's not a disabense wheat. I just happen to not do well with it. Um, but it's like, I have to then take their orders and apply them. And right. then I have to get out of the way and let the body heal because it's, it's got this amazing power in it to heal. All I yeah. have to do is they help me, all the wellness community, the whole healthcare community gives me what I need to help set the optimal conditions for healing. Yeah. And then my job is to get out of the way and let the body heal. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Bodies are so much smarter than we give them credit for. Oh, hundred percent. So much. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much. This was, this was a joy. Oh, well, you are my pleasure. You are lovely. Thank you so much. And I, I, I really, uh, I really appreciate um, your platform and I'm going to enjoy sharing you with my, yes. with my, with my audience. Yes. Okay. Y'all go be good. <laughs>